Hello, everybody. It's been a while since I've had a guest. I'm so sorry about that. I am currently sitting in Vegas right now, actually. Um, oh, and by the way, this is Kat um, from Honey Skin. I am at Vegas right now at the Aesthetics Convention. It was day one today. It was so much fun. I got to meet so many people. Um, this episode was actually recorded last week, but obviously is getting aired this Monday. I think it's the, what's today's the 24th, so it'll be like the 26th or something. Um, the special guest I'm going to have on this episode is the uh, Mermaid Esty. Also, no, she is known for creating glitter wax as well. Her name is Heather. Um, I'm super excited to have her on. I actually saw her walk by at the convention, but she was talking she was trying to get her badge, and I was on my way to the anal bleach um, show by Brighten Up that I am here for, actually, to um, assist them with the booth and merchandise and everything. So anyways, long story short, I couldn't say hi to her, but I know I will see her tomorrow or the next day, and I will grab her and say hello in person. Um, I saw so many others, too, that I've recognized from Instagram and brand ambassadors and I am just so excited to be here and to be given this opportunity. Um, I'll have some more news coming out kind of about what I'm doing here, what I'm working on, um, partnering with Brighten Up, and just some new stuff coming. But I will save that for another day, and I will dive in today with my interview with the Mermaid SD, Heather. Yay! Thank you for being here today. And if you want to give a quick intro, just like your name and your business names, um, we can start with that. Okay, great. Um, my name is Heather, aka The Mermaid SD. I have created multiple brands, but Glitter Wax Creations is my baby. Um, and I also offer like wax trainings for myself. I have hands-on and online classes for fellow professionals and lots of other fun things that I always have coming out. Um, but I've definitely been very busy for the last couple of years creating and launching all of these different brands and products and have some new products launching at the Vegas show. So I'm very excited to be talking with you. Yay, that's exciting. Can you give like um, just kind of a little sneak peek or a hint of like what it's going to be? Yes. So I know that this is not going to be airing before we are going to be launching these new line of products um, at the Vegas show. So I am very excited to be introducing a whole new line that's not glitters, but they are mica powders that are super shimmery and gorgeous. There's going to be five different colors and they're going to be used just like the glitters. So you can use them in wax and jelly masks, nail arts and everything. So it isn't the actual glitter particles. It's mm -hmm. super fine, natural mica dust that can be added to change the whole color of the wax. So this is going to introduce a whole new opportunity for people to do the wax melts, to change clear wax into something totally different, bright colors. It's going to be very next step of uh, customizing the wax and the jelly mask experience it's for yourself as well as social media, which we all know how amazing glitter wax creations can be for social media, especially. I love that. I love that idea. Um, 
And so you're going to have a booth at the Vegas show with obviously the glitter wax and then the new launch, correct? Yes. So I have a booth at the Vegas show um, and we always have all the different glitter blends. So before I feel like I need to back up because I didn't even explain (laughs) it. (laughs) Glitter wax creations is I just get too excited (laughs) spilling tea already. Um, But Glitter wax creations are specialty glitter blends that can be added to any wax type or brand. So whether you use soft wax, hard wax, sugaring paste, and it can also be used in jelly masks and nail art. So it's not going to hurt the product or the consistency of the product in any way. There's going to be nothing left on the client's skin. It's not going to hurt the client in any way as well. So it's a great way to have a little bit more fun in your business day-to-day life, you know, especially for waxers and people even who do jelly masks and skincare. We do this all day, every day. And when you're using like clear or just plain boring products, like it's just, it's not as fun. So using Glitter Wax Creations in your products is a way to make it a lot more fun for you and just give a little boost of excitement and happiness for your day. But it is also a way to be able to get amazing attention on social media. So it helps your posts and your pictures, your ads, anything stand out to be able to get more attention to your social media from um, whoever your target market, market is. But I've had many customers give me testimonials of how much it has helped their ads and getting attention to their business. Many people have had million plus views on their, their TikToks and Instagrams. So it's just a great way to be able to have more fun for you and the clients love it. So we have the nine different blends of the Glitter Wax Creations colors. We now just added purple, which like kind of completes the whole rainbow of colors that we have available. And then now we're launching the whole new line of the beautiful shimmery color shifting kind of micas that will be able to change the color of the wax and the jelly mask to have even more fun for your social media and treatment room with your clients. That's exciting. I definitely agree about the social media thing. I know when I've been doing, um, lash lifts and I look at what other estheticians kind of do. And the new thing has been to put like stickers on the eyelashes or on the eyebrows. And so I got some like nail art stickers that I stick on there and I try to post those in my pictures and, you know, the client might not necessarily see it, but they'll see it on social media or that's how you gain more followers. And so that's really smart. Would you say your target market is other estheticians? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, me personally, I do have a client-based business that I have clients four days a week. And then I have my uh, professional online and hands-on wax trainings and then the glitter wax creation. So both of those are targeted to other fellow professionals. So I see and work with all aspects all the time. So it makes it a lot easier to be able to relate, to know what people want and need and how to help your business when you are on or have been on both sides of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you're located in California. I know the licensing is a bit different out there. So are you, you're obviously an esthetician, but are you a full-time waxer or do you do other things or do you just do waxing full-time? Um, I offer waxing, uh, lash extensions, and skincare. So I cover all those for my own clients. Um, I do offer online classes for 
full body waxing as well as um, like vajayshals, fanny facials. Uh, I do like business building for fellow estheticians as well. So I kind of offer multiple things for professionals and then offer those services on clients as well. Okay. Awesome. And your guys's licensing over there, it's a little bit stricter, right? Like you guys can't microneedle. Is that correct? Yeah, there's California can be different than other states, but there are other states too that can be more strict or just as strict. So can't mm-hmm. microneedle, you can't do any of like the um, Botox stuff that's all nursing, um, yeah. but we can do a lot more. And then in January, this last January, our license opened up a little bit more. So we were able to start doing like lash lifts and tinting and brow, you know, all the different things that were more for cosmetologists only now estheticians are allowed to, as well as like dermaplaning. So there's a few things that changed, but it can also be a little bit harder for California estheticians with the limitation things. That's what I've heard. And I know here in Oregon, we had a pretty, I don't know, we could do a lot of things. We could microneedle and dermaplane, um, but now they're kind of closing in on us. And so that's been a, a scare everyone here like what are we left with um but I was just curious kind of how California was because I heard that they were a little more strict yeah yeah Yeah. every every state can be a little bit different when it comes to the exact rules and regulations but like California they uh, until this recent change they hadn't changed any of the rules or regulations since the license was created in the 70s which is ridiculous in my mind because so many things move so fast in the beauty industry with new products, treatments, machines, everything that it's like, why would it have taken that long for our license to change? And it's preventing us, especially as small business owners, from being able to do what people are wanting. And people are still going to end up doing them. They're just going to do them illegally and unsafely. So why not have the licensed professionals doing the things that are trained and doing it safely and for the best results instead of these underground places popping up. You know, there, I have people who do um, like permanent makeup and stuff in the area that try to say, oh, we're going to do a micro needling and we're going to start offering peels. And, and you're like, uh, no, you're not licensed to do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that because it has to be a medical professional, but someone just because you can, you know, poke someone to do, you know, microblading doesn't mean that you can do microneedling and injections and all this other kind of stuff. So it's still going to happen. You might as well have more access for people who are trained and doing good results. So I feel like that should be the way for every state that has, you know, different license and rules. Um, It's ridiculous that they would take away different services and give it to anyone can do it or take it away. And then it's going to be this underground, unsafe, bad result kind of situation. It's pretty sad. Right. It's not like the clients can't go and buy a microneedle now on Amazon or there's one company on Instagram. It's like a little tube and it's like microneedle or nano needle at home. And it's like, well, so I'm getting it. They're trying to get away from our license, but we've invested, I mean, personally thousands of dollars in a microneedling pen and an additional certification to have that take away. And it's like, well, then hand out those pens to my clients and say, do this at home. Here's the serum charge 50 bucks. I mean, there's always a way around it, but it ends up being not as safe, but I can't not use what I've invested in, you know? 
things that we're going to face like that, that we have to figure out a way around because maybe some things we can change and other things we may not be able to, but as you know, waxers, people attempt to do at home waxing all the time too. Um, but we all know that it's most likely they're going to have, you know, ripped skin, broken hairs, ingrown hairs, bruising, all different things. So that's our battle is to educate on why it's important for you go to a professional, whether you can or shouldn't be doing something at home as well. So that's something we're always going to have to fight against. But if the licensing starts, you know, changing in states and they take away instead of adding to what we can do, then it's just going to get even more worse or confusing, complicated, frustrating as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know about California. It might already be a thing, but the new wave in kind of Oregon is the needleless lip filler, the hyaluronic pen. Have you seen that? Yeah, there's been lots of debate and horrible things going on in California where people are screwing themselves up, basically. And even people who offer them in a professional setting are doing it illegally um, because it's like, well, it's not a needle. And it's like, but it's still not allowed. It's not in your scope. And you could be actually ruining someone's face. There's some, I've seen some really bad pictures of people who have screwed things up dramatically, even with like microneedling, anything can go wrong. But when there's new things out like that, that are not tested and proven. And if you don't know what you're doing, it could be dramatically worse for not just you, but your client, your liability insurance won't cover you if it's not under your scope. So you could royally screw yourself as well as your client in those situations. I think that's something I do a bit of business coaching kind of along that line of explaining to people like you can do this. I'm, you know, whatever that's your liability insurance will not. So you better hope that you don't hurt someone and they come back and ask for your insurance, your insurance denies it. And you have to close your, your business down. I mean, I just saw an esthetician in Oregon yesterday post that she's starting to offer high, uh, needleless lip filler. And I'm like, what are you doing? Why? There's so many other services we can do at this point. And it just, I, I don't know where disconnect is. I mean, off topic, but I don't know where that disconnect is between like the board, I think it's the fear of the board closing in on us with things we can do. And so we're branching out to find other things that money, even if they're unsafe. And then it gives the board more of a reason to close in of like, well, they're unsafe and they're, you know, and it's just this ongoing battle. Well, that's the same with uh, California. I mean, everywhere there's been this huge uptick of people doing the teeth whitening and the teeth gems and that stuff. And that's not something that's in our scope in California, but many other states as well. And that's something that you have to have like a dental hygienist kind of (laughs) positioning for medical board or something. But, you know, at least in California, if they catch you doing services or having products and machines outside of your scope in your spa, they will find you and you can get in trouble enough to where they can take your license away. So I don't understand why people risk it to that severity. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've tried to figure out the rule here for teeth whitening and tooth gems. And I, I think the problem is it like your guys's board, it's moving so fast that our board doesn't keep up. So there's nothing that says we can't do it, but there's nothing that says we can and I know I talked to one esthetician who does do teeth, tooth gems and teeth whitening. And she said, well, 
the way around the teeth whitening and not being a dental hygienist is that I don't put the product in their mouth. I give it to them. They put it in, they sit under the light. So it's no different than them doing it at home. And I but was how like, the board would look at that is if you have that offer on your menu as a service, they'll still get you that way. No matter if you hand your client something or not. And right. anything that happens within your business, you are still liable of. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I explained to them. Like, you know, my my liability insurance, at least the way the policy reads, is everything that happens within these walls. And so I'm very careful about even the products I sell and the services I offer and how I offer them and how I advertise them and the description. I mean, my other job is in legal and insurance. So I'm obviously very like anal when it comes to that, maybe a little too much, but I always make sure like my liability, liability limits are probably way higher than I need, but I'm like, I'll be damned. I'm just, I'm overly cautious and it scares me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you should be. And I feel like that's why a lot of people, when I talk to them about like glitter wax creations, one of the most common questions is like, will it stay on the skin? Like, will it hurt the product and will it hurt the client? So I I understand, you know, the concerns about that, but that's also why I created my brand was to make sure that it's safe to use. It's not going to hurt the client. It's not, you know, the material, the size, the coloring, every little bit about Glitter Wax Creations products was completely tested and proven. And I went through a lot of testing and figuring it all out in the beginning before I even launched my brand in 2020. So it's now been over three years that I launched the brand, but it took a lot that went into the creation of this and the launching a whole brand, but as well as the new products that I am going to be launching here soon um, was the same thing. It took a lot of like testing, sourcing, researching, and figuring it all out. So knowing that it will not, you know, scratch the client, it's not going to hurt whatever product you use it in, in any way, as long as you don't use more glitter than product, you're going to be okay. (laughs) Um, But it's, there's nothing left on the skin either. So that's something people were concerned about as well. So I feel like I kind of have those listed like FAQ (laughs) things in my head, but especially talking about, you know, the trade shows coming up. Those are things I constantly repeat over and over again to people at the trade shows. So it's it's interesting how how long it takes when you're having your own brand and launching and growing that brand of the education side and having to educate people, you know, because there's a lot of other brands out there. You work with the bright products. So a lot of people just don't understand, like, how do they work? Why do they work? What could go wrong? Like people, it takes a lot for them to kind of understand that. Um, I've had situations come up in the past where people say, don't add glitter to your wax. It's going to ruin the product. Why would you do that? It's a stupid waste of money, waste of time. Why would you, you know, people just don't get it. But when you explain it to them, that it's something that it's not going to hurt the product in any way if you use glitter wax creations, because not all glitter is created equal. That's why I said I did a lot of testing that went into my products to make sure that they're safe for the client and for the product. So if you're using craft glitter, you know, who knows that maybe metal shards that could be glitter that has, um, the color that would dissolve into the wax. It could melt the glitter into your wax. It could ruin it. So Mm -hmm. the point is that it is a safe option to be able to use 
that is only going to make your day better and make, make amazing social media content. I know a lot of people have started to do those uh, wax melts where they make the different shapes and the molds and then you watch them melt or you make them <laughs> picking them. It's all about creating content because as business owners, we all know how hard it can be to create content for our social media. So yeah. it's the way that is an easy way to be able to make that, but it's also eye-catching and attracting to new attention to your social media as well. So I've definitely had my fair share of people not understanding and having to educate them on the purpose, but also mm -hmm. the safety aspect behind Glitter Wax Creations products. So, huh. so you started it in 2020. That was right in the, the beginning of COVID. Do you think that that impacted your business and your start negatively or do you think it kind of helped because people were online they were bored they were looking for new things you know I really don't know I don't know if there's a way that I could really figure that out because starting and launching a new brand it's always going to be a process you know it's nothing is an overnight success you know we sometimes we see that stuff on you know TikTok where it's like oh my god it's suddenly like crazy but you know, that's not reality for most brands. It takes time and hard work, blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> to be able to grow your business, but especially a brand. So when I created this, this, I wanted it to be its own brand. Yes, it is a product of the Mermaid Esty. And I had that be, you know, my, my uh, brand over me with no matter what I do, is the Mermaid Esty. So the online trainings and classes and um, the different products and stuff is under me. Um, but I want it to be its own brand. So that's why I created its own Instagram. It has its own separate website. Everything is kind of separate from me, even though it is me and my business. So the interesting thing about our launch was we launched literally, I think, two weeks after we were shut down for COVID in California. So I think it was the middle of March and my launch date was like the end of March. And I freaked out. Like I told you, it takes a long time to launch these kind of things and do all of that. So I was all ready to launch and this happened. And um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should wait, if I should just do it and see what happens. I consulted other industry professionals that I respect, you know, with business and um, kind of just asked them like what they think I should do. And some of them were like, I don't know, maybe you should wait and just see what happens. And other ones are like, why would you wait? Why would you wait to see what's happening? It doesn't matter. Go ahead and do what you want to do. And I'm very glad that that's the direction that I went. And I listened to those people because now it's three years later and it's been super fun. And you know, like I said, it's a process of growing. I've started with, um, I think it was four glitter blends and now we have nine. And then we have a bunch of other different waxer swag products. So we have, you know, the, the crystal wax pot knobs, we have necklaces, socks, uh, little pretty scoops and all different kind of things for waxers just to make their room and their day a lot better and more fun. Um, but then now we're launching the whole new line of five different of the mica colors that will be coming soon. So there's always new things that are going to be coming out of that. And it takes a while to be able to grow that. There's been a lot of changes to my brand and, uh, you know, the branding aspects and growing. And um, in the past three years now I have, I think about 
like six different distributors. So, you know, that was a whole new thing to be able to not just have my own products for myself to sell, but to create them and enough of them and the branding and everything to be able to have distributors. So I have, I think, three or four in the U.S. And then I now have Australia and Caribbean. So it's okay. very exciting to be able to have distributors, but it adds a whole nother layer to the business of pressure to fill orders and to get new things in and supply issues and um, employee issues. <laughs> so it's, you know, there's, there's so many things that grow, go into business that, you know, as a business owner, we have to figure out and just do the best that we can, but it can also be an amazing experience and to see how far that we've actually come in the past three years. Cause my business was seeing clients in July, I'm celebrating five years of starting my business. So um, Glitter Wax Creations was three years ago. And, you know, I've done other different things with that, um, other different brands that I've done and maybe stepped back from and then going to change them. But it's always just a constant little growing process. Last year was our first time having a booth at the Vegas show. So I am very excited to be coming back again this year. Yeah. Well, congrats on five years and then three years for Glitter Wax. That's exciting. What is something you learned or you did kind of in your first few years of either, you know, launch of your, your aesthetics business or the Glitter Wax that was a huge mistake and you learned a big lesson? Oh, man. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean... When you have high expectations and you don't, you know, it, there's, like I said, there's a lot of things that go into it. So the being prepared has been like my biggest struggle with a lot of stuff, you know, when it comes to creating products and then having to figure out, um, you know, shipping issues and website issues and customer service and everything. So I think that's been my biggest struggle. I don't necessarily think I've really made big mistakes. It's more so that it's a constant journey to kind of figure out what works for you because what works for you is not what's going to work for other people. And we're all growing as people, no matter if we want to or not. It's time goes by. We learn from our own experiences and you just kind of have to do the best that you can. Um, I've done things very, like I overthink everything and I take time to plan that out, whether it's in my own head or having someone else that I kind of talk things through with and go into the planning process. Um, I'd say one of the biggest struggles was I created, uh, a subscription box for waxers. So it was called a waxers BFF box. And that's currently paused because I was having so many struggles with that, with supply issues and different brands backing out or not being able to commit or me just being so busy that it was such a stress on me that it was like making me physically like nauseous with the amount of stress that went into it. So that was something where I decided to kind of take a step back from that. um, And then I want to bring it back in a different way. But 
I was not prepared for the struggles of the behind the scenes, like the back end of, um, you know, subscriptions and shipping and all the different things that go into that. Like it's, it's a lot for someone who has not done it before, but I'm also a small business. I don't have, I have, uh, my mom that helped me with everything in the beginning. My husband helps here and there when he can, but he also, you know, works full time. And I have a seven-year-old son. So that's been really busy over the last few years, just having a kid running a business. Um, But then I have um, two different girls that I have as like assistants, you know, they're, they're not officially on the payroll, but I have them help me with everything. And now one of them helps with all the production and the shipping of Glitter Wax Creations products, all the stuff in spa, like assistant type work and everything. And I literally couldn't do it without the help of other people because I just can't physically have enough time or the ability to do that, especially being a client seeing business, but also a mom. (laughs) So, you know, it's always a lot. So it's, I'd say to the best advice for other people too, with that is like, don't take on more than you can handle, do things slowly, but don't let that stop you from doing things eventually of how you wanted it. Because I had a like coaching call with someone who's really big, well-known in the industry. And I was really excited to be able to get opinions and thoughts and kind of just throw everything out of like what I was wanting to do And they were like, whoa, 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 like, hold on. Like, you're wanting to do way too much. This isn't going to be successful with you wanting to do all these different things. And I would just scale it all back and just be, and I'm like, I was left feeling really disappointed by that. I was like, this person didn't believe in me at all. And now I'm here and have done all these things. I've learned from my own mistakes, but when you ask for advice from someone you admire and they kind of just sizzle out your flame. (laughs) It was really disappointing. So I do my best to not have that be the case with people who um, talk with me or take classes or send me messages. Um, But I'd say that's another thing that I've definitely struggled with in the last couple of years was um, I am very busy, like we talked about. And a lot of people send me messages on social media. You know, I do my best to be able to respond and to be able to talk to people. But um, in my own mind, you know, I'm I'm serious about business and I'm very busy. So when someone asks me a question, I respond to them with, you know, the matter of fact, like I'm giving them their answer. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't fluff things up. I don't say, you know, oh, good morning. Thank you so much for messaging me. Here's your information. Please, you know, like I don't do a lot of that because I don't have the time. I don't know if it's because I'm like a Capricorn and I just don't care about that. Who knows? But I've come into some issues of people like, you don't have to be so short with me or what I'm like, well, what do you mean? I was literally just giving you your answer. I didn't fluff it up with any like fluffy words or whatever, because I'm busy. Like, would you rather me not answer you? Um, so I've learned to kind of be a little bit more careful with what I say and how I say it, I think mm-hmm. is something that I've definitely struggled with in the past. Um, to not let, you know, emotions change what you would say to think about what you say before you say it. And to 
maybe add a little extra fluff into that, which something for my mind, I don't see the point, but a lot of other people really like it. So there's been that struggle with me, I think has been the hardest thing over the last couple of years is just learning. I think people are definitely used to, I mean, even when I reach out to like, if I want to get waxed, you know, by a local esthetician or whatever, it's, Hey babe, thanks so much for reaching out. How are you? I have nothing against that. Love that energy. I have a really hard time with that because I am also busy. I'm doing a lot of different things, podcasts, um, reps for other companies. And so sometimes people are like, do you have an appointment today? And I'll be like, here's the booking link. And it's like, I don't have the time to be like, thanks so much. Let me go look at my calendar and let you know. It's like my booking links there. I am probably running to the bathroom, sticking cheese in my mouth before my next client walks in the door. I'm trying to go. I'm trying. I'm also just not one of those people that's like, yep, yes, babe. Okay, honey. I I don't really talk like that. And I know in the industry, I'm trying to do better. I do say love. I say love to my kids. Like, yes, love. Hi, love. And so I try to say that to clients. That's my most comfortable thing of like, hey, love, thanks for reaching out. Um, But that's about as much as I get. And so fluffy as you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I totally, I get that. You know, it's just, everyone has different personalities. And mm-hmm. for me, I mean, I used to work at European Wax Center for seven years before I went off on my own. So mm-hmm. there was very much the like pushing the bubbly, bright, excited attitude about everything. And I'm like, I am not that person. <laughs> like yeah. I, I can put on my business persona and then I go home. It's kind of like, I don't know if you ever watched the TV show uh, Wednesday. And it's like, I love that mo- that show. Yeah. But I am both those personalities. I am bright and happy and colorful and shiny. I'm addicted to anything that's shiny and bright colored. Yeah. Um, but I'm also Wednesday where I'm like, I go home. I'm like, don't talk to me. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, go away. Like, I'm done. Um, so I think that's definitely been one of my biggest struggles is that I, I have both sides of that. And you have to figure out a way to not be or come across as fake, but you also want to still be your true self and to have your own personality. So that's, that's definitely been a struggle because I can be very different from, um, like I said, you know, like at home is very different. It's more of, you know, like blacks and like more like, <laughs> like skeletons and Halloween, like witchy vibes that, here is yeah. more of the bright, pretty mermaid, sparkly, you know? So it's, it's, it's pretty funny to be able to live out both of those. <laughs> I call it, so I'm similar and I call it goth Barbie. And so <laughs> I'll wear pink and I have like a pink rug, but then I also have like an alligator skull and a mushroom and like my whole room in there. I have a, what do you call that? The burning man, but like the old, um, it's from an old like storybook of the burning man. Um, no, not, it's not the burning man. What is it called? Why am I blanking on this? Um, well, anyways, it's like old folktale stuff. And then I have like old, um, photos from like medical books from the 1900s of skin diseases and what they used to refer to it at, refer to it as, and like how they diagnose it, like leeches and this and that. Some of my clients are like, <laughs> what is this? And I, and cause you talk to me and I'm bubbly and I'm like, Hey love. And I'm in pink and I have gold. And then you walk in and you're like, why am I in a dungeon? And I'm like, look, <laughs> this is a happy place. And this is what I want. So <laughs> no, I but, totally get that. <laughs> I'm 
So it's a balance. I mean, my main room is like, I don't, I have the walls white and I try to keep it just kind of clean and like plants and stuff. But in my little smaller, like actual room in there, it's my walls are black and there's skulls and I'm like, (laughs) peace and quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You got to make it your own little sanctuary. You know, it's like your, your business is your baby. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like my spa is more done up design decorated than my house can be, you know, because it's like, I have more of that interest in putting the energy into that than at home, you know, like I could have a picture sitting ready to find somewhere to put it in my house for like months and have it not having the destination that I want to have it do. I don't know. It's, it's harder. It's like, I'm more interested in the design aspect of my business than my house. Um, but I've created my business and my spa as very much so kind of this theme oriented kind of business because it's all mermaid theme. You know, I have all different kind of mermaid related kind of items and uh, I have a giant um, jellyfish chandelier kind of thing in my room. Like there's everything is very much so like that. Like people walk into my spa. I live in a beach town in California, so it is very normal, but I also have a major love for Hawaii. And I just got back from a Hawaii trip, but I grew up going to Hawaii like every other, every couple years with my parents. So I'm very much in that Hawaii mermaid ocean kind of mindset for majority of my life. So I'm able to kind of live out that in my business and then have my own dark, weird kind of vibes at home. So best of both worlds. I mean, I don't think my husband would really like having, you know, bright pinks and purples and shiny, sparkly things all over our house. My son would definitely not like it. So you got to learn how to balance, but it's definitely been good for where I live in the spa location in a beach town people like that, but I've definitely designed it to where it's more of that high end, you know, like it's, it's not any beach wood or sand or anything like that. It's all like luxury high end mermaid sparkly vibes. So it depends on whatever direction that you go with your business. It's all about branding and figuring out your vibe and your interests and your target audience. You know, I don't want anything that would bring down the value or the, what people would expect by, you know, seeing some driftwood or different things here. To me, that kind of looks more of that lower kind of money, you know, it looks more of that beach house vibes, but it isn't more of that like high end spending money kind of environment, if you know what I mean. So that's kind of why I had it designed that way. Well, that makes sense. Cause like here it's, I'm in Oregon, to, like near Portland. And so it's rainy and it's cloudy most of the time. And it's kind of dark and you know, you have a lot of ferns and other things kind of associated with like whimsical, um, I don't know, moody. I hate saying witchy, but like, you know what I mean? And so yeah. that's, kind of, I have my studio set up because I think if people walked in and saw mermaids everywhere, it wouldn't make sense where I live, you know, unless I just loved them, but it makes sense where you live. And so for me, I have like fern decorations and I have 
black walls and just because if outside's pouring down rain, people want to come in here and feel cozy and like, um, it's like relatable. Um, but wicker man, I was thinking of not burning man. That's a a, (laughs) wicker man. That was driving me insane. Do you know the story of the wicker man? I don't think so. Okay. You, you have to look it up. There's a movie by Nicolas Cage too. And it's me, it's Nicolas Cage. So it's okay. But basically it's like this town of all women and they have like one or two men. Um, but the men, like they do the work, they just do work and basically like we'll lure men in and then put it in this giant, like burning man, bigger man and like kill the men to worship the God. And so it's like women run this town. And so anyways, I have a big picture of a wicked man. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You know, creepy stuff that either if you see it, you recognize it. If you don't, you just go, that's an interesting creepy photo. And I'm like, yeah, don't mind it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Okay. So you kind of told me about the idea behind mermaid and then how did you get the idea for glitter wax? Like, did it just pop in your head one day? How, how did that happen? So, uh, it sounds really funny, but when I left, um, European wax center and started doing my own thing, I came across a star pill, which is what I would use when I first, um, started my business. And I really liked their clear wax, the star soft. Um, but to me, I'm like, clear wax. Like it's just, it's so boring. (laughs) Me, you know, being addicted to anything sparkly and pretty, it really inspired me. Um, cause I was literally like, I was walking through Ulta one day getting stuff and I came across those like stupid, like glam glow masks, you know, (laughs) they're all about like fun, pretty sparkly and they're unprofessional you know the products are probably terrible for the skin it's nothing that I would actually use on myself but it gave me that idea and a lot of times I've figured out that I work off of an idea that sparks in my head and if it sticks then I really grow it and that's kind of what happened with this that I was like oh my god like I wonder if there's some way that I could do that to my wax. And then I started researching and looking into glitters and found that, you know, not all are created equal, like we already talked about. And that some, you know, the material matters, the the color, because not all can be in a heat or liquid kind of form. It could melt the glitter. It could bleed the color off of it. There's so many ways that you could ruin your wax. So I was really worried about that. But it took a while to be able to do the research and kind of figuring everything out um, to where I actually had a product that I was using. And before I created my own brand, I was using these different um, glitters in my wax just for myself. And the first one that I created, if anyone has tried Glitter Wax Creations, we have a blend called Mermaid at Heart which was the first blend that I created for myself before I created the whole brand of Glitter Wax Creation. So it's more of that like blues and purples and silver, sparkly, beautiful kind of mix. And then people were like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like even Star Pill told me they're like, I was the Glitter Wax pioneer that they had never seen anyone else do this before and how amazing it was. And Star Pill actually helped me kind of 
initially launch and grow my brand because they actually did like a giveaway. I sent, they, they purchased multiple blends for themselves just to be able to use and to post for social media, which was amazing to be able to have a wax brand support you in that way. Um, but it was just definitely an interesting way to be able to get inspired by one thing and then take it and roll with it. You know, like so a lot of times we have ideas and maybe they just fade away. They're like, oh, it's unrealistic. I don't think that would actually be done. And then there's other ones where it was kind of just like festering, you know, where you're like thinking about it and it gets really more interested. And it's some of those don't actually pan out. I've had so many different ideas, but I don't actually act on all of them. But that's yeah. also why, you know, I've done different coaching calls and the, I have an online class that is literally called how to grow your solo SD business. And that's where I share a lot of those things with. So I share, you know, different ways to be able to collaborate, post social media, all different things like that. So I'm really, um, I have a lot of that business mindset, which is also from the fact that I started going to normal college before I went to beauty school. So I was on my way to get my business degree and I wanted to, I thought I wanted to have my own business, but not anything like I do now. I just had that own mindset of that creative kind of mindset. Um, But then I got to the end of the degree where it was classes like, international business and accounting. And I'm like, I am miserable. This is nothing what I want to have to do with. It was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I actually changed my college major to psychology because I've always been interested in that as well. But I took uh, the summer and one semester off of college to go to beauty school. And my beauty school initially lied to me of how long it would realistically take to get all the hours to be done. So I, instead of going part-time, like I started, I had to finish doing like 12 hour days for like weeks just to be able to be done on time before my next semester of actual college started again. So that was a really hard process. And it's hard when anyone goes to beauty school to learn that they don't really give a shit about you a lot, you know, like they're there just to take your money, make it so you hopefully pass your state boards, which, you know, you never know with that. I know they're constantly changing. Each state's different. California just changed it to where there's no practical exam, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, I've been licensed for 13 years. And when I was licensed, we had to work on actual live human models for a practical and to pass that plus the the theory, you know, all the questions and everything too. And then it went to just like like the the mannequin heads that they had to use. And then now it's nothing. Like there's no practical exam, which I think is really strange. Um, Do you think COVID had something to do with that? Yeah, I know that a lot of people, they were backed way up because they were not able to take people for a long time for their tests, but it was also, they weren't able to take as many people at first, you know, when that started. So there was a lot of backed up and there was a lot of people not passing um, because of, you know, maybe issues with the schools finishing up during COVID. There was a lot of people that went at least half of their beauty school time 
online only, which is like unheard of before COVID. There was no online accredited kind of fully school out there. You have to have in-person hands-on experience, which is very important because how would you do something that's very client-based, hands-on work without actually having the experience to do that? That's going to set someone up for failure immediately. So especially for me, because I learn doing, you know, it's like if someone shows me how to do something and then I do it myself, that's how I learn. I don't just learn watching. I get scared to do it myself. If someone's not there to help me figure it all out and do it with me, I easily put things off. There's new services that I've wanted to bring in for myself and my own spa that have just been sitting there or on the back burner for a while because I don't have the time, but it's also the mindset you have to have to put into that, to do it yourself, you know, to be really self-motivated is not a constant thing for anyone, but especially business owners, moms, you know, we have so much going on that it can be really hard to be able to do that. Um, But I think it is really ridiculous that they changed it to no practical now because then it's people are going to be, extra not ready to work on clients. Like when I took the test, you had to do the brow wax and you had to show that you had a certain amount of hairs on the strip when you were doing it. You had to actually do the makeup on the client. You had to apply the lashes. You had to do all that kind of stuff in the test. And now they don't do any of that. It's like, that would be really scary to be even a client knowing that someone's newly licensed and you don't know that they even past the sanitation aspect of the test. So it's different for everyone when it comes to that. I'd say the practicals here are kind of a joke. Like it's wax the leg, wax this, uh, do a basic facial, which is just like cleansing. I mean, I went to school like 10 years ago, but this is just what I remember. Do basic makeup. You have 20 minutes and nobody failed, right? Like you can't, it's subjective to say like, you did this makeup wrong. Um, and so it was but how you do it was judged like the sanitation aspect of that. They are, should have been judged, but it was, so I went to Marinello, which actually started in California. Okay. But you get it. it was, they were not telling us that a week later they were going to lock the doors and not let us in. Um, so it was like, you know, you're, you're done. And I was like, what do you mean I'm done? I thought I still had, and they're like, no, 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 we're going to rush you through. You've got your hours. And I was like, I do weird, but everything was on paper. So I'm like, okay. And so I did the practical, the teacher was doing it with like a bunch of students. So she was just walking around. I'm sure I probably didn't do it very well. I don't even really remember. I just remember doing a little makeup, doing a quick facial. There was a bunch of us. And then they just said, there you go. And then a couple of days later, everyone was texting me that the door was locked and I was I like, I heard like, about that. And I thought that was crazy. I think that was a couple of years after I had graduated, but I heard about that and it was the big, big issue and kind of scandal in the beauty industry in general with that, that it was like, it was, uh, it was like student loan fraud, right? Like it was financial fraud. And it's like, you give these beauty schools what I paid like over $10,000 or something to go to beauty school. And it wasn't the best experience. Even, you know, it's like I went somewhere where I was closer to, if I would have driven further, it may have been a little bit of a better school. Um, But they always prioritized 
the cosmetologists over the estheticians in a lot of beauty schools. Like they always got the first right to the washer and dryer. So if we were out of towels, didn't matter. The cosmetologists needed to do that and they had priority. They would always have priority over products, everything. So it was was pretty lame with that. But another thing I came across was, you know, they didn't teach any kind of bikini waxing services. Um, our school also didn't have any machines. Like I never used microdermabrasion, high frequency, any of those machines were not there as well. So it was a lot of stuff that was really hard because there's a lot of things in the beauty industry that are the most wanted and the most common that you'll make the most money off of. And if they don't teach you how to do that, you feel like, well, what the hell do I do now? Do I just figure it out on my own? And that's Mm -hmm. something where... I, um, I went to European wax center and I worked there, ended up being for seven years to be able to learn everything. And the, that kind of environment is not for everyone. I know not a lot of people even survive the hiring process or they stay less than a year or, you know, they don't, they can't hack it or they don't want to. So it's a high stress, high productivity kind of environment that isn't for everyone. But for me, I worked well with it. I did really good. But after a while, I just kind of got over it. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to learn how to do lash extensions. I wanted to do facials again. So I started my own thing and was working there and doing my own thing on days off or before and after work and everything. So it was hard in the beginning growing my business because it was at least six months of starting my business while still working at European Wax Center. So that was hard for me, but I feel like working at those kind of places give you a good boost of knowing like customer service and speed waxing and selling products. And like, it gives you the ability to absorb a lot of information and not everyone is open to learn that information or knows once they learn it, how to put it into effect to benefit you. Um, but me on my own, I've learned a lot from that of the customer service side and not just, you know, the actual waxing stuff, but the selling products and the, you know, all the different things that come into things about how to own your own business and how to be successful with that. So it's, it's always a learning process for everyone, but I also started offering, you know, my hands-on wax training classes. So the hard wax Brazilians is my most popular class. And then I have a full body hard wax class. So it's kind of the basics 101 that I teach here at my spa in California. Um, But I also then in 2020, when we were shut down, which in California was for the majority of seven months, which is insane, even thinking back on that. But I started offering little Zoom classes. So I was, people asked me about my vagatial protocols. And so I created a little Zoom class about that and started, um, I think like the first one was probably about like 25 people or whatever. And then the next one was like 50 people. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And then, um, I had, I started, I like raised my prices. It was only like 50 bucks or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. People aren't going to really want to do this. Who knows? And then raised it a little bit. And I had brands like SD Max start sharing my Zoom classes. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I started selling out at like 100 people per class. Because Zoom, you can only have 100 people 
on there. So I had people from all over the world starting to take my online classes or my Zoom classes. People from Australia who said they had to get up at 3 a.m. just to be able to take my Zoom class, which I was like, that's so cool. Um, But then I also had someone who told me that they were from Iraq and that they were going to be the first people to implement vajayshals and services in Iraq. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. But I'm also like, is that okay? <laughs> like, be careful. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Um, but after that, then I started, like, people asked about my fanny facials, the little booty facials. So I started a class for that. And then uh, Hard Wax Brazilians to where I was doing, like, Zooms where it was showing videos, walking through it and demoing and doing demo of lay, how to lay the strips and making the lips and the removal and all that stuff. Um and then my how to grow your solo SD business. So it kind of kept growing from there. But in 2021, I took the money that I made from those Zoom classes and got it professionally filmed and edited and everything to be fully online. So anyone could access it at any time, do it through their own speed. And it wasn't a Zoom class where it was a certain day and time. And if they missed it, then it was gone because I had no way to host, you know, a a platform to be able to keep these Zooms on there that were like hours, hours and hours long Zoom classes. So now I have multiple online classes that um, are professionally filmed, edited, fully online. Um, So like we had talked about before, it takes a while to grow things, but I found a need and a niche from a lot of people who need extra help with a lot of those things like growing your business and vajayshals my vajayshal class i've had over a thousand people taking that class because a couple years ago when i started doing that there was not really the specific vajayshal protocol not a lot of people learned that in school it was kind of this newer thing um so i created my own protocol for with and without waxing so they're two separate protocols um, that people were really excited to be able to learn. But then I also have a couple of free classes. So I have a free class all about jelly masks and another one all about retail sales. So there's always something for everyone. Um, okay. But I'm all about, you know, the education and the the helping other fellow estheticians and women. Like I, even in my own client business, I'm always about supporting and collaborating with other fellow women and mom created businesses Um, as well as, you know, in the professional side of that too, I believe in more of the collaboration over competition mindset for my business. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I was going to ask, you don't have to answer it because I know it's, it's a debate, but what do you think about the horse method for Brazil? Um, that's definitely not for me. I I've told people, you know, it's like if they do it and that's fine, that's okay. But I would fully expect a client to punch me in the face if I tried doing that. And I would never go back to someone personally if they tried doing that. But if it works for people, that's fine. That's not a way that I'm ever going to train people how to do it. I train how to do um, what I call like a rainbow strip at the top of more of just a cleanup. So it's not, oh, I snatched the whole (laughs) vagina hair of everything. It's like, oh my God. But um I teach different ways of doing it. And I always train others 
and wax others how I want to be waxed, you know? So I don't count. I tell people don't do the take a deep breath. Don't count to three. It's the, you get that off before someone knows what's happening and then it'll be okay. So I have a little bit of a different way of how I wax people, but also how I train people. But I think that's important when you're looking for someone to train you, whether it's hands-on or online classes, it's not everyone, they may be a good waxer, but they may not be a good wax educator. So there is a difference when it comes to that. So it's important to choose wisely who you take classes from as well. Absolutely. I offer some classes. I offer like dermaplane. Um, I let people, I don't really charge if they want to come in and watch me. I just, I'm like, I'm already getting money from the client. You want to come in and watch, be my guest. I don't really charge for that. Um, but I do have some people later today coming in for like a client's coming in at a discounted rate so that I can actually like film it and upload it and use it as content of like, here's how you should be dermaplaning. Cause I see a lot of wrong methods and it's very scary. Um, and I've just been trying to expand on that a little bit of different types of training videos. And I don't know if you've looked at my Instagram, but I do like, um, I do like little reels of like skin conditions. Like this is, you know, eczema and what, what does it look like and what can we do to treat it? All those I do for free. Um, just cause I see a lot of people, getting hurt and it's like to bring the industry up as a whole and not down because down is when they start taking things away from us. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And I do a lot of, like I have the free classes too. And I do a lot of things that are free. My Instagram is very much so educational. It is for clients, but it's also for, for fellow professionals. So it's kind of, it's been difficult to have that be a mix and to hit yeah. both, you know, sides of that. Um, but I'm very much so on the educational side of that. But what mm-hmm. I've also learned in the past couple of years is our time is valuable. Mm-hmm. So we need yeah. to charge what we are worth and what we think we should be getting, whether that's with clients or with other professionals. Because if we're teaching and training people how to do things, that's still our time, our time that we spent to learn those and to get our own expertise. And so that, you know, I think it's important to make sure that you are charging for your time appropriately, no matter what you are doing with yeah. that. <laughs> that is where I struggle. I'm like, oh, like my dermaplane class, I think I charge like 200, but I provide them all the material and the material itself is probably like 100, 150. And I'm like, so I'm only making 50 bucks and it's like, oh, but I really want people to do this right. And so that's been my current battle of like, I know I need to charge more, but it's just really hard to make that decision. And I'm sure I'll look back on this and probably have a podcast episode in five years or whatever of like, why am I, why did I do that? You know what I mean? Like, why did I give stuff away for free? And, but it's just, I don't know why it's so hard for me. It's not just you, it's everyone. And I think that's a lot of really common question that I get and see on, you know, professional Facebook pages and stuff for estheticians, people are always like, when do you know how to charge your, change your prices and up, up charge and do different things or to um, know where to set your pricing for whether it's services or trainings, like anything, you have no idea. You may start out at one thing and then don't be afraid to raise that as time goes by, you know, inflation. Like I 
typically raise my waxing or service prices at least, you know, once a year or so, even just by a couple of dollars. But like we've been dramatically affected by the price of like gloves and sticks and sanitation products. So you have to charge for your time and your worth, but you can't just have it be for supplies, you know? So that's where all those things go, go into the business mindset and the model of everything. It's trying to figure out what you should be charging and is it too much? Is it not enough? When do you change it? You know? So it's, you got to just figure that out for yourself and work your way up to whatever you're going to eventually be. Yeah. I think it's a really weird time right now too, because we are being hit with inflation and just, you know, the economy kind of stinks right now, but so are our clients. And so I know a lot of clients are struggling to afford the treatments they want. And then for me to raise my prices and, and it's kind of, especially like in Oregon with everything else we have going on, it's this really weird balancing act right now of like, okay, this is as much as I can raise it. Cause if I raise it anymore, the clients aren't going to come in because they can't afford it because we're still weird COVID hangover of people kind of still going back to work or losing their jobs. It's, I don't know. It's really weird right now. Like all the, estheticians I talked to in Oregon, they've, some of them have reached out to me and been like, especially for June, like, this is the worst month I've ever had. I have never been this slow. I've never had this many cancellations. And I'm like, I've never either. And I've been doing this for a long time. So it's not just you. I definitely say this last year, like the whole last year ago has been slower than a lot that I've seen in the past. Um, But this last winter for me, was the slowest I've seen in the 13 years that I've been working. And here in California and my town got hit really, really hard this winter. We had a lot of major, major, never like happening before storms back to back to back that were causing floodings and evacuations and homes ruined and people not able to get to work and all different things. And it was like constant for like six weeks of these like, oh, huge mega storm hit and we're dealing with flooding and road closures and everything. And then not even a couple of days later, the next bigger storm hit and you're like, what the hell is happening? You know, but we have to figure out things with that. And, um, you kind of just have to get creative, you know, for me in this last couple of months or year, I've kind of, for years, I was crazy booked, like fully booked like six to eight weeks out, like no wiggle room. And it was almost too stressful for me. And then, um, in this last year, especially over winter, there was like whole days where I only had a handful of clients for the entire day. And I'm like, this has not happened since I started my business. This is weird. And so I kind of like went back to basics, you know, like I started, um, made up like some flyers to be able to share, started offering little monthly promos and doing some collaborations and giveaways and all the stuff that I cover in my online business class too. But it's like, I didn't need to do any of that for years because I was so busy and booked and it was not necessary. But when things slow down, you're going to have to go back, back to basics of what you did when you started your business to grow get creative, start doing, you know, all different kind of things, drop shipping products, doing, um, bigger incentives for referrals and pre-booking and so many other kind of options, but that's, it, it's just something that comes with the territory. We are, what I heard someone say that it's like, even compared to the great depression in the twenties and thirties, um, we, 
are in a worse economical state now than when we were in the Great Depression. So things are very difficult for a lot of people. There's a lot of changes politically, environmentally, a lot of things that have changed over the last couple of years. Um, but the beauty industry is very resilient. There's, you know, people are always going to be wanting to do their, their services. Like I saw a big decline in my lash extension clients, but my regular waxing clients were always there coming back month after month because they prioritize that they stopped getting their nails done where they went a couple weeks longer of getting their hair done to make sure they got their waxing appointment done. So when you are, you know, having that ideal client seeing you, then it won't be a problem. So that's, that's definitely something that I've seen. Um, summers in a beach town and you know we're always busy through the summer so that's you know kind of typical for me but you just got to get creative and that's what I did in 2020 when I started offering my zoom classes that now are um online classes and made a good amount of money from those to be able to put towards other business related things and that's one thing I do also talk about is no matter what you make for your business that's not what you take home and what you're paid to. So there is not a lot of the glamour, glamorized kind of aspects to um, being a small business owner. Yeah, it's like, oh, I made $100,000 this year. I made $200,000 this year. You know, it's like, that's not what you took home. You know, like I see other people, like California is a very expensive place to live. Um, I know there's a lot of other places in the U.S. that are just as expensive, but we are one of those top places in the U.S. that's the most expensive. And it's hard for me seeing these people who live in a lot of these other states that are getting, oh, brand new car and custom wrap car and brand new house and all these things where I'm like, I don't have a new car. Like I, I want a new one, you know, like I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to buy a house here when the median price is over a million dollars for a crappy two bedroom, you know? So it's like, we work hard, but this one thing I've really had to learn is do not compare yourself to other people on the internet. You know, everyone's journey to success or what they want in life is going to be different, whether it takes different amounts of time or whether the destination is going to be different. Um, But that's one thing is you kind of have to focus on yourself. Don't compare yourself to others, but still work hard for what you want. And I think that's been a big struggle of mine for living in such an expensive place between my business and home rent. I'm paying over $5,000 a month just for the rent of those. That doesn't include anything else. So a lot of the money that I make for my business, I have a set salary that I pay myself, but Mm -hmm. most of it goes back into the business. And it's now been five years of my business. And that majority of the time has just been going back in to build and be stable. And I think that's also what, other than me getting really creative through 2020 and the last couple of years um, has been, you know, that I've put a lot of money into my business savings account to be able to have that rainy day kind of thing, or to be able to use towards whatever that's needed. But in 2020, I, um, got into the new space that I'm in now, which is a four room spa from a one room place where I have these, um, these curtains that I have behind me, I had it be a room. Like I literally had a one room place and I used curtains to create a room. 
So I went from that and spent half of my business savings on renovating this place. I went on a family vacation um, with my family. And then literally not even six weeks later after moving in here, COVID hit. So I had, it was the worst time financially for me for business and personally. So, I mean, when I first, when we first got shut down, my family as a whole didn't have a single drop of income coming in for like two and a half months. And that was terrifying. So I feel like sometimes you have to get in those really bad situations or really scared before you're like, no, this isn't happening. Like no matter what, this will not bring down my business. I will not fail. I will do whatever it takes to not just not fail, but to grow and do more with it. So that's kind of been my mindset through this whole thing. And it can be hard for a lot of people. They get may get to the point where they are doing everything they can and maybe they start getting another part-time job just to be able to support themselves because their own business has not been cutting it for them. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have to make the hard decisions to be able to close their business and just go work for someone else. And it's not for everyone. Being a business owner is not for everyone. I went into this industry wanting to work for other people. I didn't want to work for myself. I wanted to go home and be done and just get paid. And then that changed over time. I wanted more of the freedom of my own schedule and to make more money and to do whatever the hell I wanted. Cause I knew that I had that in myself to be able to do more and grow more. Um, but it's hard. Not everyone has that business mindset or the motivation or maybe the support from family or friends, whether that's physical or financial support, like everyone's life is going to be different. So we just have to do whatever the hell you can to get what you want in life, basically. (laughs) I think patience too. I think a lot of people don't have the patience to not play the waiting game because you're not sitting around waiting for anything to happen, but the patience to let your business grow organically. Like a lot of people want to rush out and get that, um, Oh my God, my brain's not working today. That like street, open street. Um, what do you call it? When you have a business right on the street, you know what I mean? And, thank you. Jesus. I, I have not even, I got to finish that. <laughs> they want the storefront and they want the redone place with the marble floors or whatever. And it's like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, kind of part-time for a lot of it or, you know, doing something different, but I've been open on my own for over a year. I'm in a really old building in, are you familiar with Oregon? A little bit. Okay. So I'm in Beaverton, Oregon is where my studio is. It's like 10, 15 minutes outside of Portland. So it's not like you're not in the Pearl. You're not in like the bougie area. It's right off the highway, uh, the freeway. There's nothing really around it. There's a weed shop. Um, it's an old building. It's got the building tiles. They're finally redoing my floor, but it was this ugly carpet. Um, but I got in at six fifty a month and I have a huge main area waiting lobby area. And I have two rooms and one I use as storage and my bookkeepers in there. Who's also my mom. And then I have my own space over there and they, I just renegotiated my lease. They're bringing me all new flooring, new, um, trim and everything. And it's only going up to seven fifty. and people are like, Oh, but you know, you're so much better than this place. So why do you stay here? And I'm like, because I know where I'm at. If I go and I get a storefront in the Pearl or like PDX or somewhere else, that's maybe a little more high end. 
I don't want to be sweet poor. I don't want to pay $3,000 for a space when once this, once I get my flooring in here, like my space looks nice. It looks like you'd want to spend money here versus I go into these other places and the place looks nice. The area is nice, but inside you kind of have tacky, looks like dollar tree decorations. And I'm like, you know, and it's because they've spent on the space. So for me, it's like my next lease that I signed here is three years. So having that patience that like for the next three years, I'm going to be here. That's it. That's what it is. I'm going to build myself up, put money aside. And if I find a place that works after three years, great. If not, I don't have a reason to leave this place. Yeah. And it's just having that patience of like, you're not, I see a lot of girls, especially on those Facebook pages of like, um, you know, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to open this place up and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, I love the enthusiasm and the like go getter, the drive, but it's not super realistic. And I don't want to, like you said, I don't want to like dull their flame either, but you know, you, you have make one- it realistic expectations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see those girls who are like, I made a hundred thousand this month and I've only been open six months. And I'm like, either you're lying <laughs> or you did. And that's amazing. And you're, uh, you know, the 1% that you just, you know, essentially got lucky. Not that they didn't put in hard work, but you can put in hard work. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen. And yeah. so people posting that and these girls or these people, they want that. And so they're like, I'm going to quit my job and do it. And then two weeks later, they're like, I can't make my rent. I can't pay my underprepared for the realistic experience and, you know, everything that you're going to go through. Definitely. That can be really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Like it's been a month. Expenses for business owners too. Like other than the basics of products and rent and utilities, there's, you know, liability insurance, there's, you know, clients not showing up to what you thought you would be getting. There's, you know, hidden other kind of things that you're going to constantly have to deal with. So that's definitely a hard thing for a lot of people, but it's, you know, it takes time. Don't grow more than what you're able to handle, um, but do what you can to be able to get where you want and do what you want basically. But it's not for everyone to have their own business. They may not, they may try and not succeed, or they may be scared to try because they don't know, or they don't want to fail or don't know what to do. So it's just, it's a different journey for everyone. So you have to do what is best for yourself. Don't be scared to do something new or try something new, but be fully prepared for it. You know, people always ask like, how much did you save up? Or what did you do to prepare to have your own business? And it's like, I don't have a dollar amount that I remember, but I had enough to where I felt comfortable with that. And I, you know, with my journey of starting where I worked at the WAC Center and then my own business for like six months of just building that up. And then I got to the point where I'm like, I do want to do this full time. I think I can have my own business and I do want this now. Um, before I started where I was like, I was just sick of waxing all day, every day. And I just wanted to learn how to do lashes and start offering facials and everything. And then it was like, no, I really enjoy this. I can do this. And then got my own um, first commercial space and then grew up from there and then got into this place. So it is something that it'll take time, but you don't know what you're going to get into all the time, but you have to just 
be as prepared as you can. And that's different for everyone. Different states have different rules, different counties and towns have all different regulations and zoning and licensing and everything. So it takes a lot of your own research. You can learn whatever you can from other people, but you're not going to know what to do or to make that judgment on if it's time for you until you do your own research. You know, people want to rely on other people to just do things for them all the time when it's, it takes a lot of your own work. Yeah. Yeah. When I first, well, I would not, I would not have been successful if I opened up my own space right out of beauty school. There's no way I went back to school. I got my, what is it? My, I got my bachelor's in business with a minor in legal and I was going to go to law school. I was kind of done with aesthetics Um, and then I started doing this again, part-time. Then I was like, okay, you know, I, I make a pretty good amount of money part-time. I'm going to open up my space because I can't keep doing it like out of my house or using, I used another esthetician space. I was like, I'm just going to do my own space. And I found this one for 650 and I was like, that's a steal. And then started just getting busier and busier. But when I first furnished this place, it was all thrifted. It was Goodwill, TJ Maxx, um, antique shops was a huge one for me. Facebook marketplace. I didn't go out. I didn't take out a loan. I used a little bit of a credit card for my business, um, for like products. Cause that was expensive, but everything was like antique shops. Um, and now I've just started actually buying brand new furniture and bringing it in if I even need to. And that was over a year that I've had just kind of mix mismatched furniture, but it was like, I'm not going to go out and go above my means and be impatient be like, I have to have all the best stuff, you know? Okay. So let's see. We kind of are towards the end, but I guess with, we kind of already gave advice for new SDs for SDs that are struggling. Um, one of my questions was, you're going to be at the Vegas convention, but you are, do you know what booth you're going to be at? Uh, I think it's like eight, 67 or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember. I know. I can't. Mine's like 140. I don't know. They're going to kill me for that. I'm like going to write it. And <laughs> but your, your Instagram for the glitter wax is glitter wax creations, right? Yes. And then your, not your personal, but your main aesthetics page is live, love, beauty, YSC. Is that right? Uh, Live Love Beauty SC for Santa Cruz, where I live. Um, but you oh, can also, you can search uh, the Mermaid SD and the Mermaid SD will show up on uh, Instagram for that. Okay, perfect. Perfect. And then you have all your links probably on both of those if anyone's interested in your trainings or whatever. Yes, I have uh, on both pages, uh, the, the Live Love Beauty and the Glitter Wax Creations, there is the link tree in both of those. And I have the Glitter Wax Creations website, my online classes, my client website, everything is all on that one link for everyone to be able to find. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Well, everyone go check her out, check out her pages. Um, Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. I've had not only clients, but like a lot of professionals have been canceling on the podcast. And it's one of those things where I'm like, almost ready to give it up, but I don't want to, because I feel like so important for estheticians who want to get their business out, but also estheticians who are new and wanting to learn. And so I'm not ready to give it up yet, but I'm just, it's been a, it's been a month 
for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's hard. Everyone's busy these days. It's getting into summer. So that may be a hard time in summer too, but I've wanted to start my own podcast for a while. It was just one of those things where I just don't have the, the mental space, but also time issues. So it's, it's one of those things that'll probably happen eventually, but I love being guests on podcasts. I think they're, they're so fun and being invited to be guests also like makes you feel appreciated. Like, Oh, people want to know about you and want to talk about different subjects and stuff. So I always appreciate being invited to any of those kind of things. <laughs> well, you're always welcome back. We can always do a catch up maybe in a couple months of where you're at now and how the new launch is going. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I will see you in Vegas. Yes, I'll see you in Vegas. Hopefully we see a lot of other people too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.